0: Hey everyone, this is Luke Humphrey with Luke Humphrey Running, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today we're doing part three of our first marathon series, and we're going to talk about finding a philosophy and having a plan. So let's jump right into it. All right, so currently Luke Humphrey Running has a Facebook group of about 10,000 members, uh, most of which pretty active and some obviously aren't, but the vast majority of these folks are using, have used, or thinking about using one of the HMM plans or a plan that I created. Many times runners are asking for advice about how to adjust these plans to fit components of other coaches. Sometimes they are expressing their concerns about using our plans and looking for confirmation in their decision. The biggest concern is the long run. That's usually what we get, Uh, but that's a topic all its own. Trust me, 16 miles is okay for a long run. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. And for the sake of this this discussion, this desire, to fit pieces from other plans or worry about the plan they are choosing creates two main coaching concerns from my end. The first is a a piecemeal approach to putting a training plan together. Someone might take our plans as a template and then add a little Hal Higdon, a, a dash of Jeff Galloway, and a sprinkle of Jack Daniels, or a shot, who knows. Then they'll say, well, I'm following Hanson's or LHR. And the truth is they aren't following anyone. All these coaches built their plans on a system and they work as a whole. What makes our long run work is what you are doing the other days of the week before the long run. And what makes other coaches successful is the way they structure their plans. So now if a person is an experienced marathon, marathon runner and has tried a number of methods, then they do know what works for them. And I'll give them that. They can, they can probably take pieces from one area and put it in another and they'll be okay. But I'm in, and I'm definitely not in a position to critique any of that. But the big caveat, now, however, is that it works for them. It doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. For, the, for your first marathon, I really believe you should have a, a belief in one philosophy that resonates with you, you the best, and you go with that. The next time around, then try another philosophy if you want. And honestly, I see that a lot. You know, I see that a lot with coaching athletes. I see it pe- with a lot of people in the Facebook groups. Is, you know, they'll try me for one, to, one cycle. They'll try somebody else for another cycle and another person for another cycle. And that's, that's perfectly fine. I understand you want to try something different. You don't want to get us stuck in a rut. But on the other hand, if you find something that works for you, there's no, not, not necessarily a need to completely change philosophies either. You can tweak things and still stay within a philosophy, but that's probably another topic. The second concern I get comes from the apprehension about starting a plan. So with our plans in particular, folks will focus on one area and say that it's not a good program, but they don't see the entirety of the plan. And this is something that really happens with us. There's a lot of criticism that we get is because they'll say, oh, you only have a 16 mile long run, but they fail to see the entirety of the program, what you're doing the the days before and the days after. And so they just focus on the one aspect of the training and think that that's what's going to make or break the entire schedule. So, Unfortunately, newbies see that and then they start questioning themselves and their decision to follow a program. So, luckily, when they ask these questions in our Facebook group, they get plenty of reassurance. And that's really the best thing for me is allow other people to speak up and say, "Hey, you know, I did this too. I had the same apprehens- apprehensions, and you know, I, but I did it and it, and it worked." Um, but more to the point, I have found that with a lot of these runners, is that their concerns are with following a plan, but they and they also question another another plan that they that they chose. So they'll I get this a lot with people with coaching is they say I was here and then I was here and then I was here and they were never successful with any one of those people, and so at some point you have to say well is it is it the coach or is it does it really come on me too you know so obviously if a coach is there's plenty of bad coaches out there, but a lot of times and I notice this too is like well I'll take an instance with some of our runners is they'll say well I had a really bad run, or I got hurt on the plan and then immediately blame the plan, but not taking a look at anything that they did. And then you come to find out that they weren't really following much of the plan at all. They were just doing whatever they wanted, but then saying that they, oh, I followed this plan to a T. And well, if you didn't, then what caused you not to follow it? And you start going down a lot of different paths. And so you really have to look at all aspects of things. But the bottom line is that this tells me that you're lacking the confidence that they can even do the marathon. So it's less about what plan they choose, but really about their own self doubt. And so the worst schedule of the biggest believer will probably be successful, but the best plan to a non-believer will probably end up being a failure. And you see that a lot of times. So along these lines, people are are quick to offer advice. And while with good intentions, I think it's critical for the recipient of the advice to take it with a grain of salt. Again, what tweaks are made by one person may, may not be the tweaks that you in particular need. So you have to really be careful of that. So at the end of the day, I recommend doing some research. Take a few of the popular philosophies out there and check them out. Seek out Dr. Google and maybe buy a few books on my site. There's podcasts and tons of blogs out there that you can just look through for free. Right. And so in reality, you can find a lot of stuff for free, um, whether it's, whether it's podcasts, blogs, or whatever. Um, you know, Find that out for free. You know, if you're interested in HMM, check it out on our site. Look at the blog post. If they, say, hey, I want to learn more, then go to go on Amazon, buy the book for, you know, ten bucks or whatever. Any online retailer is going to have it for, you know, an e-book's going to be ten bucks, and you can probably get paperback for for twelve to fifteen bucks. You know, that's a pretty good investment. I would say to make sure that you're on the right path. And if you do that for a couple books, you know, then you're you're going to end up being more educated. In general and there's nothing wrong with with that because my thought is you're already going into uncharted territory right so don't try to forge your own path yet you know that's not really up to you right now I mean I feel like you end up having there's plenty of people before you who have forged that path for you so there's no need to make it harder on yourself and try to forge your own path why don't you take what's worked for a lot of people whether it's me or whether it's Daniels whether it's Galloway whether it's Higdon you have all these people who have been really really successful with helping people out take a look at those things find which one resonates the best with you and just follow that learn about that philosophy adopt that philosophy and then and then fully invest in that philosophy and then if it doesn't work and you did everything right then you know maybe you go a different path but um I think it, i think it's key for somebody to buy into something if you don't buy into something it's nothing that you choose to do is really going to end up working out for you okay so after all of that i know you're just begging to ask luke what's your philosophy then and if that's the case i'm happy to tell you my marathon coaching philosophy is built around three areas pretty simple first one knowing what and why you're doing something in your training schedule And this makes it easy as a coach to have an athlete buy into a program but it also makes a path of self-confidence much smoother If, if i can if i know what i am doing is right and i can convey that to you then that's a lot easier for you to buy in and believe it in as well it also makes it a lot easier to believe in yourself second thing train to grow not to just survive the training and i see this so many times where an athlete is training aimlessly and by that, I mean just not with, without knowing why or what they are doing, but they train so hard that they're ultimately just making it through the plan with nothing left for the race. My goal is to teach you, and teach you number one, the knowing the why and the what you are doing. And this helps you to train and compete at a peak level, not on fumes. At the end of the day, what it really comes down to is I want you to train to run your best race, not just train to survive a marathon. And so if we just go out and we run and do things as hard as we can, and hopefully make it to the starting line, then I have not accomplished my goal as a coach. And you haven't accomplished the best race that you can do. So I don't wanna be in this position where we're just, oh, I wanna break four hours. Is it good to have a goal? Absolutely. But I wanted to make sure it's a goal where you are putting forth your max effort, and especially on race day. And by the max effort, I'm not saying running as hard as you can. I'm saying running as smart as you can, having a plan, executing that plan, and getting the most out of yourself that you possibly can on that day. And that's a big difference. So, keep that in mind. The third thing I would say is the four pillars of performance. So we talk a lot a lot of, about these things in all three of my books. So, the first one, first pillar is balance and training. Touch on all aspects of training from easy jogging jogging to speed development, and by that I mean what, what's relevant to the event you're doing, but then coming back when you're not doing a marathon segment and hitting even faster stuff and doing shorter stuff, never completely abandoning something in, in training. And now I've kind of even evolved this into doing more supplemental work too, like mobility and strength, things like that. As I've gotten older and wanted to extend my career, these are the things that I think are incredibly important. Part two of that, or pillar, the second pillar, would be appropriate intensity for a given day. By maintaining balance in training, we touch on all paces, so there's no need to cheat paces faster than they need to be. I'm already gonna give you a workout that's gonna hit a faster pace. I'm already gonna give you a workout that touches on marathon pace. I'm already gonna give you days that are gonna force you to recover. I'm already gonna give you long runs where you can get into a moderate-type pace. I'm already gonna give you lactate threshold stuff, I'm already gonna give you all these things because we're already balancing the training in general. So there's no need to cheat the paces. We can hit on all paces. Take your easy days easy, make sure your hard days are where they're supposed to be and i think if you can do that you're going to be so far ahead of so many people the third thing consistency in training a single workout is not going to make your training segment and one bad day isn't going to take it all away however a bunch of pretty decent days are going to make you incredibly fit being consistent inconsistent due to overtraining injury illness on a consistent basis, so if you're consistently inconsistent due to everything I just said, overtraining, injury, or illness, means that you're trying to get back to where you were before you can move forward. You're always in a spot where you're trying to get back to where you were, and that makes it so harder to push that line further and further out because you're always taking steps back. Now, planned steps back step back, are one thing, but unplanned step back is so much harder to develop from because it, you see that. I think you would take a look obviously there's more there's incredibly talented people out there but i can think of two people that i've had the that i've had the pleasure of training with and it's desi and brian Sell, who are both olympians and you can i bet you could say their main ability was being consistent just being consistently there day after day after day month after month after month year after year after year and that's how they got to where they were and now now they can do other things because of that but it was the consistency it got them there in the first place. The fourth pillar I would say would be mileage. And if you can adhere to the first three pillars, the fourth will be easy. You'll handle more mileage in a week, a month, and a year, and more mileage allows you to hit all facets of training. Hitting all facets of training for long periods of time, that's what's going to take you to the next levels of performance. Uh, And that's gonna take you to places you never thought were possible. I mean, that's when you start seeing people who run ran you know say four hours in their in their first marathon and come back and run 3:30 in their second one is because they learned how to train they were consistent with training and over time the mileage just kept adding up and adding up It wasn't one thing in particular that did it it was just being consistent and just being able to learn how to train and hit the all facets of the training and that's where you gotta exceed it's not hard guys i mean it's hard as far as doing it every day but it's not a hard philosophy so many times people want to reinvent the wheel There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Just get out there, learn how to train, and be consistent at it. And if you could do that, you're gonna be so much better off. And I'll say this too, people who are mostly inconsistent because they wanna cheat paces down, it goes back to that self-confidence thing I was talking about. A lot of times they're just so, they just don't either trust themselves or they don't trust the plan that they're in. And so they always feel like, well I have to train faster than what it says because I don't necessarily believe in that or I I don't believe in myself. So you have to buy in. You have to buy in, guys. If you don't buy in, it's not going to matter. I'm just talking to the wind. All right. So once again, thanks for listening. We have the trilogy code for all three books off at my website. Just go to LukeHumfreyRunning.com. Go to books. Just hit that, and there's a little trilogy collection. Use that code. Get you 30% off. As always, there's tons of blogs on there. So Just go to Training Talk on my, on my site. Subscribe to the podcast smash that like button i like that i always get that because my, my daughter watches these like cookie swirl c or whatever videos and it's like smash that like button smash that like button so go ahead and do that for me <laughs> uh but thanks for listening uh i think i think uh this is going in the right direction so i have a few more to do with this series and then we'll move on to other topics all right thanks guys talk to you later